second half of the People's Show coming up here. Coming to you from the Kintech studio. Jeff Merrick will join us in a uh, few minutes. Uh, fresh off his TV head there. Uh, but he'll join us here in just a little bit. Uh, but on Mondays, we usually uh, like to guess the lines uh, for the upcoming week. So uh, let's look ahead uh, and rattle off a couple of these guess the lines. Uh, I, I stay away from the information of uh, the, the week 13 betting lines. And uh, we Dom likes to quiz me. So let's get to it. Where are we starting? Or I guess Thursday. Not tonight, right? Because you already know. Yeah. No, we uh, week 13 lines. Back-to-back Thursday games for your Seattle Seahawks. Mm. We actually just talked about these two teams in the break. Oddly enough, I didn't even know this was the matchup this week. <laughs> uh, it is Seahawks at Da Boys. At Dallas. Uh, all right. Post-Thanksgiving, uh, both teams uh, play on Thanksgiving, so it's a full week rest. Seattle gets trounced. Dallas romps the Commanders. I just want to remind everyone before we get to the line, you said these teams are comparable in terms of NFC status. Yeah, because who, who have the Cowboys beat in the last five weeks? It's, it's not a who's who in the NFL. I think both of these teams probably fringe top 10, maybe the Cowboys top 10. But look, when the Cowboys go against elite competition, uh, they've been smacked around and have lost. Uh, but how much are people going to jump on the Cowboys? Is it going to be a full touchdown or not? Uh, the Republic team, I- I'll say Cowboys. It-, it feels way too high, but I'll say Cowboys 7. Shorter. Eight and a half. Stop it. Yep. Oh, I don't, oh I, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't take Thursday They're games. in the same boat, huh? Yeah. Uh, again, look. Same status in the NFC. Lions can Plus be wrong. Plus eight and a half favorites. Lions can be right wrong. There. Again, the, the Cowboys have put up some wins here. Don't get me wrong. But they're, they're, they're beating some of the worst teams in the league. Uh, but, hey, eight and a half points. That feels way too much. But, again, I don't usually take Thursday games. Can't even go into big, big six. six. I, I, might, I might make a audible. I don't know. We'll see what the rest of the lines look like. We can't go in... You know, it's on a Friday segment. You can't bet the game. Well, I've done Big before. Six one on Thursday, and then the other five on Friday. Have you done that? It's, it happened. It's already happened this year. Thanks for paying attention. Well, listen. You know, how did you get I'm to thirty-two back here. I don't know. I really thoughts? don't know. I really don't. It's the first question I'm going to ask you. Um, from your team to mine, uh, it's the Falcons at Jets. Falcons at Jets. Uh, Falcons win a weird one uh, against the Saints, uh, and the Jets uh, lose on Friday. To the Miami Dolphins. I imagine confidence is at an all-time low as far as the public into the New York Jets after that game. Registers just enough for the Falcons as a road favorite. Let's go Falcons minus three and a half. Two and a half. All right. So not the full field goal. No. Interesting. I can't take the Jets anymore. I did it a couple of weeks ago. Two weeks in a row, I think. They, they lost both. Didn't cover both, more importantly. I can't do it again. Let's go Chargers at the Woeful Patriots. Chargers. I should have been on the Ravens yesterday. Should have been part of Big Six. I tweeted the picks. I wasn't in on Friday. I tweeted the picks. Two, two, and one. We'll wait to see what happens with Minnesota tonight. Um, Baltimore. Sorry. Uh, Chargers 
At who? Sorry? I started talking about the... Patriots. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you can't choose good games? Uh, Chargers at Patriots. Save those for the end. Oh, so Chargers last night were three-point dogs against a good team, now on the road against a really bad team. Let's make them three-point favorites in New England. Chargers, minus six. Six points. Yeah. You know what? I'm way off, but I'm not even sure uh, that line is wrong. <laughs> like, who wants to bet on the Patriots? I did it again this week. Yeah. I, I think they've been the biggest losers in Big Six this week. Mm-hmm. My record would be so much better if I just didn't pick the Patriots this year. I would classify this as a good game because you've got C.J. Stroud going up, up against the red-hot Denver Broncos. It's Broncos at Texans. Broncos winning a lot of games here, covering two. Um, although they didn't cover against the the Vikings, um, against at the Texans, who come off that close loss to Jacksonville. Let's say this is a good game. This is like AFC playoff odds here. Let's say Texans minus one. Houston minus three and a half. You're the, very often the hook. Yeah. Hang on, let me write down Denver. They got the full. Interesting. Yeah, I'm way off today. This is great. You need a good game, right? No, no. Just I was just surprised you prioritized the a, Chargers at Patriots over some of the other ones. It's a rough sked. Uh, let's do Chiefs at Packers. Uh, Chiefs get uh, the come from behind win. Although come from behind, they, 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 they trailed early and came back really fast. It's not like it was a last-minute win. Uh, against the Vegas Raiders, Green Bay on Monday night get the surprise win at Detroit. Or sorry, on Thursday night. Uh, at Detroit. All right, let's go. This is a nice Jersey matchup too. His- historic matchup. Uh, let's go Chiefs minus seven. Six and a half. Oh, I was gonna go six and a half. Essentially, I, I was I was gonna give the extra half point. That's like a doink field goal. Yeah. Uh, let's do an actual good matchup. It's Niners at Eagles. Oh, let's go. This is a huge game. NFC number one seed implications, all that. Uh, and, and really, like, who is the top dog in the NFC? 49ers whoop the Seahawks. Eagles churn out another win. They keep winning, so I imagine the public will back them. Uh, but it feels like a lot to give it the full field goal. I'll go Eagles minus three. They're not even the favorites, bro. Really? 49ers minus two and a half. Wow. Are you sure the, the 49ers are the, ro- the road team? I can read. All right. Niners at Eagles. I was just making sure. Wow. You know I produced 32 thoughts. <laughs> We have time uh, for one more. Man. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll squeeze in one more. Okay. Uh, jingle. There, there we go. go. Uh, thank you, Victor. Uh, last one. Let's do Dolphins at Commanders. Dolphins uh, obviously get their win. Two, two teams that didn't have to play on uh, set on Sunday. 
Dolphins beat the, the the Jets, whose offense, you know, the the, the the Dolphins, the Dolphins' offense is starting to uh, cool off a little bit here, but the defense is coming on strong with Jalen Ramsey. Commanders getting ready for a bye, they lose to Dallas. Uh, I, it's starting to feel like the the threads are starting to come apart uh, for the Commanders. So a, a road game here for the Dolphins, still to me, big favorites. Uh, let's make them. Uh, you know, I'm going to learn a lesson from the uh, KC game. I'm going to go six and a half. I want to say seven, but I'm, I'm going to say six and a half here. <laughs> Higher? Miami minus nine and a half. That's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. I need you to end on a make. It's no, it's, uh, again, it, it's not about being right or wrong on this. It, it's about trying to find value. The, the worst guess the Lions on is when I get them all right. Telling an Eastern European it's not about being right or wrong is... <laughs> Uh, all right, computes. we're good, we're good. Okay. Let's get to Jeff. Uh, joining us uh, now, uh, again, very good fortune that uh, the, the host of the Jeff Merrick Show uh, is joining us here, also uh, the host on 32 Thoughts. Uh, it is Jeff Merrick joining us here. Jeff, how are you? Say hello to Faith. Vic, how are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. Uh, how are things uh, going on the uh, podcast? Because, look, I, I kind of feel like this is a parent-teacher conference as well, because we need, we need to know how it's going with Dom. <laughs> Dom's a nice bunch of guys. Um, I'll tell you what, Dom is Dom has stepped into a really difficult spot here because you know Emil Delich kind of set a bar really, really high. Uh, like Elliot and I are not really that good, uh, and Emil was able to sort of zamboni over all of our mistakes, and so that's Dom's job now. So now Dom knows the big secret, just how how mediocre me and Elliot are, and he's got to spend most of his time now smoothing the corners of, of all of our mistakes here. So he's he's doing good, but now he knows that me and Elliot are a couple of frauds. That's the unfortunate thing. Uh, well, it's sounding good. The latest pod uh, available for download on your local pod catchers uh, coming out today. All right. Uh, so actually, use the word mediocre. It's a phrase we use here in this city at times uh, describing the Vancouver yeah. Canucks. And, uh, you know, it's so far through the, the opening quarter of the season, are they out of that mediocre, mushy middle tier for you? They are right now, and they probably should be. Like, this is this is an impressive team. Like, there's going to be clunkers along the way. Like, all good teams have bad games. Uh, 82 games is a lot. I, I, when you have a start like Vancouver did, you try not to read too much into bad games. Um, but they have talent and depth at all positions right now. Like, there's, there's not a reason why the Vancouver Canucks shouldn't have pulled themselves uh, at this point out of that mushy middle where – you know, you're not good enough to compete for the playoffs and, you know, not bad enough to get a, a super high draft pick and win the lottery. So for me right now, and again, injuries are always the wild card, but right now, like you look at the performances of the key players, uh, whether it's in net, whether it's on the blue line, whether it's up front, to me, this team has now finally pulled themselves out of that mire that is the, the mushy middle in the NHL where, where nobody wants to be. Like, I think, I don't know about you, Bick, but if I'm a team in the NHL, I'd rather be at the bottom than in the middle. Yeah, like I'm okay being in the middle with the arrow pointing up, and I think that there's you know some teams that kind of reside in there. But it, it does feel like for Vancouver, like they've 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 graduated, maybe not to the true you know fringe contender level. They might be in their own tier, sitting around like the tenth, eleventh best team in the league. But I'm always curious, like what's the next step? Because I think fans are looking at it and saying, "Hey, still be patient," or "Okay, now you're out of the mushy middle, be aggressive." For you, like what would be the natural next step? The next step for them is make it to the playoffs. 
Like, I, I think it's, it's, I think it's still baby steps here. Don't mm-hmm. you? Like, I, I think it's, you know, next step. Yeah. But I mean, having said that, like you look at the top teams, like the, the Western conference is fascinating to me because the top teams are murderers. Mm-hmm. Like they are just ruthless killers. Like I know Vegas is taking a little bit of a step back here, but I mean, they're those Stanley cup champions. And I think we can all see them defending that Stanley cup. Thank you very much. Uh, I think Colorado are killers. I think Dallas are killers. I think the Los Angeles Kings mm-hmm. uh, all of a sudden are killers as well. And then there's, you know, the, the Vancouver Canucks, I think are sort of right, right behind the vacuum of that bullet. Like, you know, there's like, there's a bullet and then there's that little vacuum that exists behind it. To me, that's where the Vancouver Canucks are in terms of the elite in the Western Conference. And then there's kind of everybody else. And that's where it really is jump ball. I think we're waiting to see if the Oilers uh, can emerge out of that and jump up into that killers category. But that other that, that group that includes, you know, the, uh, the Seattle Kraken and the Calgary Flames. Uh, the Blues. And, uh, the St. Louis Blues. Yeah. Like, that's, that's that kind of like, yeah, we're going to see how this whole thing uh, sifts itself out but there's like the killers there's you know the 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 the, the teams where we don't really know where they're going to end up residing but in between both of them are the vancouver canucks i think they they might be the only team that have sort of distinguished themselves out of that sloppy pack uh you mentioned the west um you know, we always focus on you know perhaps point totals of, of what it takes to get into the playoffs like 95 94 points whatever it is I, i'm looking at some of yeah. these teams as you mentioned like that mushy middle teams like who do you is is the one that's going to be the one to, to to set the playoff bar in the west because I'm, I'm mostly uninspired by the the handful of teams that aren't the seeded western conference teams no idea like i i know that makes a really really bad talk radio and if I say that too much, I'm not going to be employed very much longer, but I respect you and your audience too much. It's so honest, I, though, Jeff. It's I, honest. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't think anybody does. Like, at times, you know, it's funny. The St. Louis Blues will take, for, for example, like, I find the St. Louis Blues a fascinating team because Craig Berube wants one very specific style of team and one very specific style of blue line, for example. And he likes Tucker and Bertuzzo in there. He wants, like, that meat. He wants that toughness in his lineup. But whenever they play Tori Krug and Scott Prunovich over Tucker and, uh, and Bertuzzo, they play better. Like I know that there was some concern about, okay, you can only have, you know, X amount of quote unquote, small defensemen in your lineup, but the blues tend to win more games when those two uh, are in there. I know they tried to move Krug in the off season, et cetera, but um, St. Louis is a fascinating team because they're sort of transitioning, you know, away from that generation of, of team that won the Stanley Cup and into the, you know, the, the Robert Thomas-led uh, uh, style of team here. Um, but then, I mean, you could say a lot about, you know, even the Nashville Predators, who have all of a sudden now strung together five wins in a row. Like, I know that Arizona's gone right down to strip it down to the nuts and bolts and, and, and do the rebuild, and that's why that one's taking uh, a while. But there seems to be a lot of teams that are doing it on the fly. St. Louis is one of those teams. Uh, Nashville is one of those teams, but I'll tell you what, Vic, the most interesting team to me right now out of that entire group was the one that we always thought was the, the placeholder for third in the Western, in the, in the central division. And that's the Minnesota wild. And that is right now an unmitigated disaster. And no one on the team wants to use the $15 million salary cap black hole as an excuse, but it legitimately is. 
Um, this is a team that you know, has their backs up against the wall. They've lost 13 of the last 16. They've lost seven in a row, 0-5 and 2. While we're talking with the Wild, like they make this move today and change with Dean Evison. Um, you know, I, I, I worry because I, I feel like Edmonton has taken so much of the the – talk of hey these are the teams that we're worried about and I do think Minnesota resides in there and then they go make this change today with Dean Evison like what's next for them and and do they reclaim the season it's a great question I mean that salary cap hole is a is a a tough one to get out from under um there's a good team in there uh I really believe that I think the Bulgarian believes that there's a really good team in there as well uh, I know that you know their their goaltending hasn't been where they wanted it to be all season long. I think there have been a lot of nights where Karel Kaprizov has not been where they wanted him to be. A lot of nights their penalty kill uh, has been like flat out atrocious. Um, like I, I know that this this firing of Dean Evison wasn't something that Bill Guerin wanted to do, um, and he put this off as long as he could. And this was something that, you know, the Oilers went through something pretty much identical. Like, I don't think that they really wanted to move away from Jay Woodcroft, but they also didn't want to see their season fritter away. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's why that move was made. And I see the same thing here with with Dean Evason being being shuffled and, and, and dismissed by Bill Guerin in the Minnesota Wild. So... Uh, it wasn't something that Garen wanted to do, but next steps now is this is all on the players. Like now, you know, as a general manager, and you can understand that Bill Garen will be hot about this. I mean, Bill Garen likes Dean Evison, and he's you know the the team has, has put him into a position where he's had to make a decision on something that he didn't want to make a decision on. So he's not going to be exactly thrilled about this. But now it's over to the players. Like we heard Pat Maroon lip off after the Detroit loss on Sunday about how it's, you know, embarrassing and everyone should feel awful. I'm paraphrasing Rooney, but that's kind of what he was going for. He was a little more colorful in his language, but now this whole thing is, is right back to the players. Now it's, now it's show me time uh, for this group of Minnesota Wild players. You mentioned not using the, the $15 million cap as, as an excuse, and, and organizations shouldn't go out of their way to, to try to make excuses. And I look over in the East to Boston, and... Like, here's a team that had every reason to be like, well, Bergeron's gone, Krejci's gone, we're going to change everything. And they just keep doing it, Jeff. And I wonder what other lessons teams should be trying to extract from the Boston Bruins. You know what the, um, you know what the Boston Bruins have always had? Like, this goes all the way back to Eddie Shore. They've always had great blue lines. And they've always had great blue liners. Like if you if you chart the um, the success of the Boston Bruins, and I mentioned you know Eddie Shore, um, you know you go all the way back to him, and then you you move forward to the the Bobby Orr era, and then Brad Park, who I still think is criminally underrated. Um, if they had modern uh, medicine in 1979 and 80 and, and 81 like they do now, I think we'd be talking about Gord Kluzak a lot more. Uh, then there's Raymond Bork, uh, there's Dano Chara. Now there's Charlie McAvoy and Hampus Lindholm. Like, if you look at the history of the the Bruins in the you know post 1967 specific era, it's been an embarrassment of riches on the back end. And I know that I always get criticized for you know defaulting towards defensemen. Like, if if always at the draft when it's like if there are two players of equal value, a forward and a defenseman, I always default to the defenseman. I, I always do. I've just seen how much. 
quality defense can can mean for your team. And you look at the teams that have won the won the Stanley Cup. What do they all have in common? Whether it's Colorado last year, Vegas, etc., Tampa Bay Lightning, they can all defend. Mm-hmm. They may not be the flashiest teams. They may not have you know the 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 the, the players that are going to be on the highlights every night, but they know how to defend. And I think one of the lessons that we can take out of out of the Boston Bruins is they know how to defend. Having great goaltending helps too. Let's not forget <laughs> about that. He might have the best pair in the entire NHL. But to me, it's it's the Boston Bruins are showing everybody how you can you can win hockey games along your blue line. Uh, knowing I was going to talk to you today, um, I, I wanted to challenge you on something because I think I think you have to let the Daniel Sprong thing go, go now. It's like he, he he's made two million dollars on this contract. He's 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 clearly going to put up fifteen to twenty this year. I think you need to find a new Daniel Sprong for everyone else to to tweet you this year. So, oh, do you have a short geez. list of candidates? Uh, I I don't, but let me throw a dart. So the the Daniel Sprong for I mean I I just you know followed him going back to when he played in PEI in the QMJHL and I've just always admired his skill set. Um, you know who I'm really cheering for this year? I really, really want to do well. And every time he gets a little bit more ice time, he does. And I know it may, maybe it's not like Daniel Sprong. Well, yes, it's a second-round pick. But this guy's a first-round pick that I want to mention here. And that's Cole Perfetti. Cole Perfetti with the Winnipeg Jets. And I have a real soft spot in my heart for him. One, uh, I think he's a, a wonderful hockey player. Uh, but two, he was the Howard Chuck pick. Um, mm-hmm. The COVID draft as well. That was the the Howard Chuck family pick. So I've always had a soft spot for him. I think he's an excellent player. I know sometimes his line with Ehlers and Nemestikov are sort of victims of circumstance. Like, oh, how come he's only getting 13 minutes a night? And, no, he's not killing penalties and missed this rotation. And sometimes, you know, by the end of the night, he ends up with 12 or 13 minutes. But with that 12 or 13 minutes, this guy always produces. I know Shifley gets a lot of the headlines. Kyle Connor this year gets a lot of the headlines. But I think what we're starting to see in front of our eyes here is the emergence of the next star in Winnipeg. So if I'm going to get off the good ship, Daniel Sprong, I'll hop on the good ship, Cole Perfetti. How's that? There we go. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, all right, you can uh, hop off our sinking ship here on the People Show, and uh, we'll let you get to the rest of your day. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll wait for the uh, report card for Dom uh, at, at the end of the season. Just don't ask him how much of a fraud me and Elliot are. It's embarrassing. <laughs> now he knows all our secrets. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Nick. Jeff Merrick from the 32 Thoughts podcast produced by Dominic Tremetti and uh, also the Jeff Merrick Show, which you hear daily here on Sportsnet 650, 650, 650, uh, wrapping up the show here in the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox while we were just talking about the Bruins and, and Jeff uh, talking about the history of the Bruins blue line, uh, unsigned text. The Predators have had a history of drafting blue liners, I've thought, uh, in the past They've deserved better. Yeah, you know, defense for me is always about raising the floor and, you know, your skill, your high-end players are the ones that raise the ceiling. Uh, but certainly, you look at what the Predators, they've you know, they've lived in the middle there for, for such a long time because they've always had good defenses and they've not really had the roster pop that some other teams have had. But you go look at you know, Boston, they, they have a Pasternak, they have a Marchand that uh, helped carry the, the, the front. Uh, but certainly the history on the blue line cannot be ignored, and certainly a lesson should be taken from that as well. Okay, we got to run. Uh, on the other side, Canuck Central is going to be there. Uh, Dan Riccio, I imagine, is going to be in full flight here. Hyping up Tommy DeVito. Uh, I, I just uh, stepped into the prep room during the break, and uh, you know he, he, he's got the hand motion going. He, he's all prepped up, ready to go uh, <laughs> with the – 
the Italian vibes from Dan Riccio. Although, is he feeling a bit sour with uh, Phil DiGiuseppe potentially coming out of the lineup? They'll talk about it all. Everything that's happening with your Vancouver Canucks after a loss to the San Jose Sharks. Sat your shot. Dan Riccio coming up here on the home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.